hello, and once again, everybody, it's time for another Slow Your Roll. I'm Jesse Caulfield, writer for the Yakuireport.com. Uh, I'm here with Dominic Lorenzano, everyone's second favorite Italian behind Teddy Bruschi. Uh, well, and uh, it is Tuesday, February 1st. Uh, it's been only a week, but so much has happened. So yeah, it's been an, it's been a wild, wild week. Yeah, we're gonna it's been t- a lot of retirements, new coaches, <sighs> the games themselves were whack. We're gonna talk. Yeah, we're gonna talk uh, some head coaches. We're gonna talk the games, obviously. Josh McDaniels is gone. Uh, we're gonna have our little Super Bowl predictions and uh, maybe a little bit more. Depends on what we have time for. Yes. So, uh, Dom, I'm gonna hand it off to you right now. Then. All right. Thank you very, thank you very much, Jesse. I'm going to start this show off today with something that I literally talked about just back in October when the Atlanta Braves won the World Series, and now the Rams are in the Super Bowl today, here on February 1st. Being aggressive in sports is the way to go. Now, you must be aggressive. Things have never been more competitive. Things have never come down. To the more minor details have never been more talent in baseball and football and almost any sports there's never been so much money in it and today you must if the opportunity is there you have to kick the door off its hinges if that door is open even a little bit these opportunities don't come often and they don't last a long time especially in the nfl where careers don't last that long there's a salary cap and all that kind of stuff So the Rams went hyper-aggressive for the last couple of years. They're not going to have a first-round pick, I believe, now until 2024, I believe, or 2025. Jared Goff, we're making the playoffs. We even made a Super Bowl. But guess what? It's not good enough. We can all see it. It's not going to get you over the hump. Doesn't matter if we're paying him, what was it, $30 million a year once they put out that contract it was a lot doesn't matter we got to go get somebody else it's time matt stafford two first round picks move off golf despite the cap hit that that's going to be von miller let's let's increase our pass rush all right we got to deal with aaron Rodgers and tom brady potentially let's go get von miller second and third round pick who cares more picks gone jalen ramsey a couple of years ago two first round picks we got to get an elite corner these days nobody passes more than you know today's NFL than ever before. There's never been such elite wide receivers. You need a shutdown quarter. Two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey. Those are gone. And yet here they are in the Super Bowl today, and they don't make the Super Bowl clearly without Von Miller and OBJ, because OBJ had over a hundred yards in both playoff games. Well, two of the playoff games, I believe he didn't have a hundred against uh, the Bucks, but he did have a hundred this week, and he had a hundred against the Cardinals. And at least a touchdown or two. Vaughn Miller was in Tom Brady's face the entire time. The Rams obviously are not here without Stafford. I think everybody knows that. But all the other aggressive moves. Jalen Ramsey is still an elite corner. He looks amazing. He's been a big part of this defense. And now with the additions of Vaughn Miller and as soon as Robert Woods went down, they needed OBJ. Because you can't focus on Cooper Cup completely the way that you could have after Woods went down if they hadn't brought in OBJ. But now they brought in OBJ, so OBJ can beat you over the top, too. They're not here without OBJ in cup. Being aggressive is winning in sports. If the door is open at all, you must 
put all the chips into the center of the table and go for it. This is the problem I am having with the Red Sox for the last couple of years. They're there. They're pretty good. If you think... I mean, they were leading the division most of the way. So if the opportunity is there, you have to go on and and go for it. Or else you're not going to make it. And you're going to waste your opportunity. And as I've said, these opportunities, they don't come around very often. And they don't last forever. So that is my point. Jesse, I want to get your reactions to that. Uh, I mean, I definitely feel they are not... They would not be in this position without the additions of Stafford and OBJ, especially because uh, they lost Robert Woods basically at the same time that that happened. Um, Vaughn Miller was a huge part of the Bucks game. I Not really the last game, um, mm-hmm. but they found other ways in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I, I've agreed with you in the past about, you know, you need to be aggressive. I think you need to be smart and it's about it's not just about being aggressive you it's you if you're going to be safe it's got to be an intelligent reason to and if you're going to be aggressive it's got to be an intelligent reason to so you really need to think out these aggressive moves mm-hmm. but like if you have an opportunity um and you really feel like it's there i mean yeah take it now do i think if your opportunity is there if you're at the height you're one of the best teams whenever your league is the thinking should never be, we're good enough right now, we're just going to stand pat because we're, we're, we're good. No, 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 no. If you're already up at that echelon, you have to just keep looking and pushing. And if it's there and you see it there and it's going to make your team better and you think it's an even better chance of putting you over the hump, you got to go for it. I will say that I don't – if they win this Super Bowl and that is it, I don't think selling out as much as they did would – really be worth it. Really? But they've been the two Super Bowls then in the last five years. Uh, go, and by the way, going it, to Super I here's the thing. Going to a Super Bowl and not winning, I it's almost not no, no it's not worth but it. I to me, you have at least bought your year uh bought yourselves a couple of extra years of contention because now you have a guy Let's, in Matt Stafford here. Yeah, and I think Does that mean for How? all the time Stafford's here, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender? No, they're probably their their window of being a Super Bowl contender might end two years from now. But as long as Stafford is there and at least doesn't look over the hill and playing at a decent level, they'll still be a viable team. Yes, but if you if you only win one and like when this ends and you you don't have any like first round picks for a while, um, and like it it could come crashing down and you could be bad. For a little bit but would you rather have a super bowl win and that happen because listen eventually no matter what you do it'll all come crashing down eventually because guys the core of a team especially in football just doesn't last that long i will say i mean matt stafford is a clear and and here's the other thing the more you win the more you are penalized by getting later round picks and stuff like that so yeah, your yeah. your ability to replenish things as you win gets harder and harder i think Bill Belichick will have something to say about that. Yeah, but but, but trying to compare the rest of the league to no, Bill. <laughs> Listen, uh, obviously Matt Stafford is better than Jared Goff. That's a clear upgrade, and I think one that one they needed to do to really get over a hump. Mm-hmm. Something like Jalen Ramsey, obviously a great player. I still think they overpaid for him. Because the corner market shot way up and I then ag- shot way down. I agree that they may have overpaid, but to me, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Uh... When you're in this position, when you're in this position that the Rams are in, when you're clearly 
just a couple of pieces away from being the best team and winning a Super Bowl if you overpay a little bit for one guy. To me, how many good it doesn't corners matter. have been drafted in the past couple of years? Some, some, some pretty, some good pretty ones. decent ones, so, but I don't think... But to me, Jalen's still one of the three best corners in the league. Oh, no, he is. And I understand why there's a high price for him. You know, I understand a first-round pick. Especially first-round pick. But here's the other thing. When you have to go against Aaron Rodgers and Brady, and even their division is his offensive division filled with great offensive minds and explosive offensive pieces. I mean, that adds the other layer to it, too. Because of their surroundings, to me, the Jalen Ramsey thing made even more sense. I, 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 I guess I still think it was an overpay that like if uh, I, I'm, you know, once for, all right. The point is, one Super Bowl would not be enough for how much they have paid and how much they will pay in the future for when this ends. So when is it worth it? What if they get one Super Bowl? If and they get, then, what, what if they get one Super Bowl win and one more Super Bowl appearance? No, two wins. Oh my gosh. Super Bowl appearances That's aren't Sarah, worth you're anything. You're so New England. You're so greedy, yeah. just like the rest of us. Yeah. Here's the other reason why you have to do it. This is today's you're, football. If you're in a market like L.A., you have to be aggressive, you have to make a splash, and you have to be no, winning no, no, at a no. high level in what order does, to even have fans. What does every great team that wins the Super Bowl say and want now? We're the next dynasty. Uh, yeah, We are that's the next true. dynasty. They have said that. Everyone wants to be what the Patriots have. And obviously no one can do it for 20 years. Like, that's probably never going to happen for a, another century. Yeah, no, In it's any not sport. Happen. Yeah. Maybe ever again. But everyone wants mm. to be that next dynasty. We won multiple in a couple years. Doesn't have to be three and four, but they won multiple. If you won back-to-back, like, oh, that's so coveted right now. Because mm. nobody can do it. No, I got you. I got you. But, but to me, I think one. I think even one is worth it to get there. And like I said, they'll be viable for the next couple of years. And now, with potentially Aaron leaving the NFC and Brady's retirement, who says they're not the best team in the NFC again next year in making another Super Bowl? Oh, because the Bucks are going to suck. <laughs> they're not going to be good. They're Bucks losing will, a lot. Bucks, will, Bucks are back in the trash bit for another decade at least. I mean, they get the advantage of that division is going to be bad. There's nobody. Uh, there's no one good in that division now. I mean, the Saints have still been better than we thought. Uh, they don't have a quarterback, bro. Jameis uh, is a free agent. And you, maybe you'll Sean sign. Payton's retired, and now they'll have no problem <laughs> signing Jameis Winston again. Yeah, when they're eighty million over the cap. I mean, he's not going to take that big of a cap hit, right? I guess, but I, it's a mess. So we'll see. But no, the Tampa's Tampa's no longer a Super Bowl contender. They're losing to him. We went over that last show, all the people that are losing. Yeah. All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm a fan of the way Rams do business. Right. I'm a fan. All right. Too bad they have none of those, though. <laughs> I know, right? I'm a fan of the way the Rams do things because I think you owe it to the team, your players, to your fan base of when your opportunity is there that you got to just go all in and go for it. I'm a fan 100%. Should've, and I hope it works out for them. Should have done it in St. Louis. What do you mean? They should have done this in St. Louis. Uh, they probably should where have. They, where they had f- uh, 10 fans instead of five. <laughs> yeah, they probably should have. All right. I think that's it. I think that's it for the opening right. segment. Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you for the for the rapid fire news. Yeah. It's a little bit uh, of a well, long It's going to be a little. you got to be fast, but there's a lot of news to cover. Yes, rapid fire news. All right. We're going to start off with Bengals. Defeated the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. 24, uh, 27-24 in overtime. 
Uh, they're going to the Super Bowl, baby, for the first time since the 80s. And now we get to see Mike Brown and his nose hairs at the Super Bowl. Did you see that when they were giving him the no, Lamar Hunt trophy? I did not. It was not. disgusting. All right, moving on. 49ers lost to the Rams 20 to 17. Uh, you notice how I worded, I'm wording this? Keeping, keep, uh, pay attention to the wording of this rapid fire news. Uh, also, congrats to the guy out there who bet $20 on the Bengals and Rams to win and got the scores correctly. You won $500,000. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and never before in my life have I been thinking I should gamble. <laughs> Until that moment. Yup. <laughs> All right. Moving on. AB. Love it. Love that AB news. He hung out with the Paul brothers. I showed you that picture. I saw it on Snapchat. Yeah. Expect a fight coming soon. You heard it here first. A- I don't think, but if he's hanging out with the Paul brothers, I don't think he's going to fight one of the Paul brothers. No, no, no. He'll just be on a card. He's too small. He's going to fight. He's going to He's gonna box soon. You heard it here first. Yeah, I'm sure that head needs more, you know. Yeah, some <laughs> more blows. <laughs> All right. Mac Jones. So Mac Jones news. He made the Pro Bowl. Did he really? Yeah. I think it's just because Joe Burrow made the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. So, but hey, he made the Pro Bowl. That's all right. More Patriots news, though. Josh McDaniels is expected to be the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders next season. Technically haven't announced it yet. Mm. And Dave Ziegler has been announced as the GM of the Raiders. <clears throat> so we're waiting on the press conference for Josh McDaniels. Mm. Uh, maybe he'll pull what he pulled on the Colts. Fingers crossed. Even though I've been complaining about him for years. Uh, all right. More coaching news. Brian Dable. Offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills has been hired as the head coach of the Giants. We're going to talk about that later. Also the offensive coordinator of the Packer, Packers. Uh, I didn't put his name in here for some reason. Nathaniel it's Hackett. Hackett. Yeah, it's Hackett. Um, he was responsible for those uh, wildly dynamic Jaguar offenses with Blake Bortles. I mean, hey, you can't come there with Bortles. But uh, he has been confirmed as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Also, the Bears are hiring Matt Eberflus. He was the defensive coordinator from the Colts from 2018 to 2021. What does this mean for Justin Fields? We'll discuss a lot of this later in the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sean Payton has stepped down. We kind of already announced that, actually. Yes. Uh, has stepped down as the coach of the New Orleans Saints. He said he just can't think about football right now, but he hasn't technically ruled out coming back. We'll talk about that more later. All right. Kevin Colbert, the longtime GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, announced, I think it was yesterday at night, he has announced he is stepping down after the draft. So they still get one more draft out of that guy before he rides off into the sunset. More Steeler news. Big Ben Roethlisberger has retired after 18 seasons in the NFL. Sad to see him go. So sad. It was so funny to watch him those last two years. Um, but Tom Brady said goodbye. Uh, he said it on Twitter. Actually, I mean, I think he said it on all the social media. But he kind of, I don't know, it kind of felt like a low, just like a underhanded dig. I'm going to read it for you. Ben defied the TB12 method in favor of the throw some ice on it method his whole career and ended up an all-time great with six Pro Bowls and two Super Bowls. That's more than one way to bake a cake. I, yeah. saw, I saw that and I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. You know, I also feel big bad, bad for Big Ben because now he has to go in the same year as Brady. Yep. That is rough, bro. Yep. But all right. Some baseball news. And the final thing for rapid fire news. 
Uh, our legendary Big Poppy has made the Hall of Fame. He's the only player that made it in this year. We love him for it. Mm. Also, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling were in their final years of eligibility, and they did not get in. Which leads us into our next segment where we discuss the Hall of Fame for a little bit. Yes. Now, Dom, I don't know exactly what you're going to talk about, but I first want to just say a few things about David Ortiz and what he meant to me. You go for it. Because uh, I loved baseball. Baseball was my first just love in life of anything. Um, Same. I looked at my parents, had a... Well, like, look on my well, face. Maybe, maybe dinosaurs when I was really, really little. But <laughs> I, I did love dinosaurs. I will say that. But, like, I don't know. Watching baseball and, oh, going to Fenway as a kid, that was amazing. And being a Red Sox fan was a little hard. But then this man, David Ortiz, said, I'm going to make it okay. And just the clutchest man in Maybe ever to play the game. I, the clutchest hitter in history, in my opinion. Possibly. He's at least top three. I can't think of anyone actually better. I, there were so many times. It's hard to even remember oh, them I, all. I saw a stat. I, I don't have it on me. There was a stat. Um, it was like he he went to the plate between, I think it was 05 and 08 with, I think it was 11 opportunities to get a walk-off hit, meaning they didn't walk him. in the He had to hit. He got an at bat. Mm-hmm. He went for eleven for eleven. No way. He came through every single time. <clears throat> this man is a great. And people try to tarnish him and put him in the steroid conversation. Shut your mouth. You don't know. You don't understand. He took something that was, I was told, legal at the time. And David Ortiz asked, "What did I take?" The league never told him. The league defended him. Mm. So. I don't think we should ever put him in the same conversation as someone like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens yeah, his, and Andy Pettit. And his sample got tested way later than when the substance was yes. considered illegal. He also, but it was not illegal at the time that he took it. He's been the same size. Still. Well, yeah, that's my thing with Bonds is he turned into a different person. He's still the same size to this day. And, like, this man is just the nicest man. He is such a human being. How can you not love this man? When David Ortiz got shot, I was so sad. I couldn't sleep that night. I wanted to know he was okay, like he was one of my own family. David Ortiz meant everything Hmm. to Red Sox Nation. So Dom will turn it over to you. I don't have a long thing because you kind of hit it all, but I will say this. I met Big Poppy before. I've met him at the Beckett Bowl, and he was probably the nicest guy, most impressionable guy, and talked the longest of anyone there. I bet. And I remember he had just, I forget if it was a home run or not, but he had just had like a walk-off hit. It was just the regular season, but he had just had a walk-off hit like not long ago or something like that at the back of bowl. And um, we, I didn't ask for an autograph or anything. We just wanted to talk baseball with him. And he was talking about that at bat and like what he was looking for and stuff like that. I was just a little kid, but I can remember this pretty well. Uh, he, he really was just the best. Yeah, I loved, I loved Big Poppy. He deserves to be in the hall. Oh, I believe everything everybody says about him, that have met him and all that stuff. Mm. Do you have anything to say about the Hall of Fame and the voting and all um, that stuff? I am so happy that Clemens and Bonds are not in. Thank you. They do not deserve to be in. I am actually, like, seriously as such a baseball purist and enthusiast, mm. livid with every stupid take I hear from normal fans to media about how they need to be in. Yeah. Get 
out of here. I, actually, I got to send you an article. But ES, on ESPN, Doug Glanville, <clears throat> who was an outfielder for many years in the uh, in the in baseball uh, with the Phillies for an extended period of time, wrote an amazing article about this. Absolutely amazing from the perspective of someone who had to deal with this. I mean, talking about all the people that these men stomped on on their way to the top. Oh, all those pitchers? Not, the, not just the pitchers, guys. They beat out for roster spots oh, okay. who were clean for all the way down from the minor leagues. That you know, that, I, that makes sense. And yeah. I already had this opinion, and reading Glanville's article, it made me even more mad. Like mm. I was starting to get to a point where I was like, I'm not, I, I wouldn't agree with these people, but I was getting sick of it, and I was like, I'm not going to argue maybe anymore. And I read Glanville's article, and I was like, you know what? No. I'm on the right side of this. You know what? I, These I, men should not be in the Hall of Fame. I never want to hear their names. I want to go a step further, and I would wipe Bonds from the record book. Okay. I, I like that. Yeah. I like that, to be honest. And here's the thing. The, the excuses of, oh, they were clean for years, especially like Bonds. He put up great numbers and all those MVPs with the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. Yeah. That makes it all the worse. Yeah. Like, he, he was just a five-tool, just generational talent. And he still was like, I'm not good enough. I need to cheat to get to the next level. Like, yeah. The ego there is insane to me. Yes. And, like, uh, with people like Clemens and A-Rod and Pettit, and a lot of them even come out late. Like, Pettit, especially, like, he came out late. It's like, yeah, I cheated. And it's like, I don't know why I did that. What, did, what kind of excuse is that? Like, I don't know why I did that. Like, because these guys were all good, natural talents. And they just, they it wasn't good enough for them. Yeah. They needed more. They wanted to be better than yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And they needed to make oh. sure. And also that excuse of, like, oh, you, they're still hitting these fastballs and this stuff. Like, they're still, like be able to hit it it's like all right they're turning so what they're turning routine fly balls into home runs yeah like they're still better they're hitting the ball harder farther yes like unnaturally yeah outs are turning into hits i don't want to hear it no like that's ridiculous a ridiculous tape and there's another excuse oh the pitches were cheating too then screw them too yeah i don't want clemens in the hall yeah (laughs) like everyone was cheating (laughs) screw everybody yeah. And like I said, I said this last week um, to Brian, I will not have this conversation with anybody until Pete Ro- Rose is in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Not even willing to have the conversation. Uh, I get you. I get you. But the that's la- it. The last oh, okay. one. Wait, no. We, we, I do want to cover this one real quick, though. Kurt Schilling. Oh. Not being in the Hall. Now, I will give the writers this. If you do look at his career numbers, they are really, really good but I can understand not putting him in the hall. However, when you take into effect his playoff clutchness, he even had good starts with the Phillies when they didn't win that World Series. Arizona, Boston. To me, if you're going to be already fringe Hall of Fame, and then we're going to talk about you as one of the most clutch players ever at whatever you did, he should be in the hall. No, I think... I think- if you had a Game 7 and you needed a win... Is Kurt Schilling not the top of the list of anyone that you've seen pitch that you would hand the ball to? He's up there. I mean, Bob Gibson, maybe, like way back in the day. Kurt Schilling. Uh, Are we playing the Royals? I might put Madison Bumgarner in there. <laughs> True, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no, I'd absolutely have to consider him. 
for a long stretch of time and never with had... three different organizations. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean I don't know. And even here's the thing. He's also that someone that played in the modern day with a lot of these steroid guys. That too. And still put up two hundred wins. He still put up I don't I don't have his stats in front of me. But all the stats were like those are pretty good. And like I didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. And one day I did sit down and look at his stats and like the awards he's won, which I'm like, you know, award world series accolades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm As like, I say he doesn't have a Cy Young, but Yeah, no, no, he didn't win that and stuff like that. But he did have to pitch, you know, um, alongside Randy actually, Johnson I think he even and Pedro won, Martinez. I think he even won a gold glove at some point. I, I might I, I might know. I might be wrong about that. You might be. Please don't quote me on that one. But um, I, I but I looked at it and I was like, you know what? This guy could be in, and I think he should. Yeah. And you know what? I really thought, like, they really should... David and Tease and Kurt Schilling should have gone in together. I know. That would have been amazing. But they don't like his politics, so they won't yes. let him in. And actually, I did actually want to ask and you one listen, more. I wish Kurt would shut up sometimes, too. But, yes. But this is the Baseball Hall of Fame. This is about baseball. Yes. And, like, I did actually want to ask you one more thing. This I have the list of the next year's candidates, mm. and I want to know if you think any of them should be in. I think... Uh, two on this, at least two on this list should be in. So, uh, there it is, and I don't think anyone will get in next year. I don't think they'll they'll vote for any really any of these people to get in next year. Yeah, I would not let a single one of these people. In. Really? Oh, actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think wait two should get in. Joe Mauer and Adrian Beltre. Okay, I think the same thing. Yeah, Joe Mauer definitely because because of the position that he played. Yeah, he was a catcher. And Beltre, when you add in the defense and the Gold Gloves, I see it. Chase Utley, uh, no. It's hard. It's rough. It's hard for me to say that because, like, you felt for a while he was on the Hall of Fame trajectory, but injuries sort of mm. derailed the longevity of that production. Yeah. What about it? No one else. No. No, no one. Nobody else. It was Jose Batista, Bartolo Colon, Victor Martinez. You know, Victor is an interesting one, also as a catcher. But I have well, a feeling the long in the field. But I wonder. But I, he's another one where injuries, longevity. I got to go look at the numbers. Mm. But right now, just from looking at that list, gut reaction, Maurer, yes, Beltre, maybe. Okay. All right. I agree with that. All right. From move that. From that. Let's move on. Okay. We did some baseball, but this is going to be a predominantly football episode. So we're going to move back on to that NFC championship game between the Rams and 49ers. So, you know what? We already talked about 2017. The Rams take this one. Uh, They were down. What was it? 10 in the fourth quarter? Yep. Yeah, they were down 17-7 in the fourth quarter. Matt Stafford, once again, out of that hellhole Detroit, where he constantly had to come back in games, showed just what that made of him as a quarterback and the toughness. And once again, made the plays and the big throws when he needed to. It wasn't always just open guys. On one of those third downs to set up the field goal, that was a tight window throw to Cooper Cup. Now, great route by Cooper Cup, who fakes on the inside out, and slants back in. But the safety, I mean, but the linebacker's coming back over too. Stafford fits that in exactly where it needs to be. That was the big first down that led to the last field goal. So Stafford made a couple of real big throws. And uh, I really like the Rams' chances also for the Super Bowl. But your thoughts on that game before I go in-depth on the other thing. I might be done talking about the Rams. We'll talk about the 49ers side probably when we get back to this. But okay, your thoughts on that game. Okay. Uh, my thoughts on that game were really that I feel so much vindication because well, that was one of the worst coach games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and actually, this weekend was really from all four coaches. Andy Reid was the least offensive. But uh, the timeout and uh, time management was horrendous. Oh, my God. Um, and especially, like, from 
Sean McVay, some of the, like, you wasted, like, every time out. Every time out in the second half. Like, good God. And Matt Stafford really bailed this dude out. Hmm. And Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> you texted me. I, I did. This kid texted me. And I, it was... At the end of the third quarter, basically. One, I think it was like one minute, maybe a little less. It was like in right the after third the Niners quarter. scored that touchdown to go up yeah. 17-7. And I texted back, like, you're going to say that before the fourth quarter starts? <laughs> and the fourth quarter went exactly like I thought it would. That was the one of the worst offensive schemes. schemes. <laughs> and I, I understand it's going to be safe. You're trying to run out the clock from the 49ers. But, like, that was awful. Awful. <laughs> So I that's why I feel vindication from that game. Now, I was correct on my prediction. It really kind of went how I thought. Because, I mean, we, we thought the 49ers could win because they had their number. Yeah, and, and they're just physically, they're just more physical than, than the Rams. Sure. Especially at the point of attack. Sure. On the, on the defensive side. The, the 49ers D-line to the Rams O-line is a serious mismatch for San Francisco, in San Francisco's favor. Mm, okay, but like in in the end, Kyle Shanahan, just Kyle Shanahan, and it was I was laughing so hard in that fourth quarter because Kyle Shanahan was doing his Kyle Shanahan thing, and Sean McVay was just shooting himself in the foot, and then Jimmy G, Jimmy G, I don't blame him that much for that game. That that pick was hilarious. Hilarious. We've seen. What is with quarterbacks this year? I, I we have seen some horrendous picks while guys are getting tackled, deciding to just shovel it out to somebody. Yeah. Some some real high school stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's funny. That's good. But I mean the the story of this game though is Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. Yes. Oh hey hey. Don't be hating on OBJ like that. OBJ had some big catches. Remember that big one on that 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 first touchdown drive against cover two? Stafford hits OBJ right in the middle of that cover two in between. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, the, the whoa. corner, the corner who's in the flat and the uh, the safety up over the top. You and then he takes that big hit from the safety and gets another fifteen yards because it was helmet to helmet. Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah, okay, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I'm just saying, don't forget about OB, OBJ. Had some big catches and a big game as well. But yes, Cup is unstoppable. <laughs> All right, OBJ's dad. <laughs> Just say I, I don't know his name. Um, I, like but, this, I like the vindication story. But, um, I mean, nobody can stop. And I don't know like, like why. Like, everyone should just double cover Cooper. See, here's my thing, though. You're saying this, but you do realize that people tried that with Edelman for years, too, and Edelman didn't get stopped. They, Cup not, is a upgraded version of Julian Edelman. Bang him at the line. That's, the rules for that are hard to do now. I get, yeah. Thanks, Colts. <laughs> um, but like something needs to be done to this. This is a bad. <laughs> these are bad men right here. And this, uh, as much as I don't like the Rams, and it's not even that I hate the Rams. Like you know, I like Matt Stafford. I like Cooper Cup. I don't hate OBJ. Like he's 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 grown up more. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still a little bit toxic, but like we. we it's you know we're seeing more and more of that of OBJ's side with this Browns thing. Yeah, um, uh, I like um, Donald. How can you not like Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald is like the most elite player without much of an ego I've ever seen. He can be angry. He can be a bit angry. No, I said ego. 
No, I'm saying on the field he can get angry and be like a little. Well, you kind of have to be to, on defense. Sure, I feel no, like. sure. You're in the trenches, and I yeah. I get that, but like, but I don't ch- see him. I don't see him. I don't choking people out there. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. I guess, but I don't see him like, you know, on the sideline with big chains, looking in the camera all the oh, time. Sure. Oh, I'm the best on yeah. social media. Nothing, none of that. Oh, I, never, I, I never hear wacky things that he says. It seems he seems a very winning oriented. Yeah. Guy. And uh, I mean, I like. I mean, there's not many other than Jalen Ramsey. I can't think of anyone that I don't really <laughs> Jaylen, like on that team. Yeah, J- Jalen's Jalen's tough. Yeah, and like, do I personally hate Sean McVay? Absolutely not. He seems like a cool guy. He really does. Mm. I'd hang out with him. But like, I love to. I love to make fun of his coaching. And he can because you think they're both. You think that they're both overrated. And to yes. me, to me, those championship games. They had three of the four best coaches in the NFL all on display. Are you leaving out McPherson? What? No, coaches. Yeah. Zach we're... Taylor. I'm not putting Zach Taylor as one of the best coaches in the NFL. But Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and Andy Reid. Zach Taylor? The Bengals head coach. Wait, that's not... No, it's not Zach Taylor. What is it? It's McPherson, right? No, that's the kicker, bro. Oh, that is a kicker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Listen, I, you're, idiot. You're right. yeah, you, idiot. Yeah, listen, it's okay. It's okay. McPherson was might be the playoff MVP right behind right, Joe he Burrow. Is, he is really cool. Yes. Why was I thinking about that? I All don't right, know any, why you were thinking about that. But I don't know. I, I, time management, for whatever reason, nobody can do it in the NFL. And Bill can do it. Bill can do it. And here's my one thing. At least Shanahan and McVeigh both call plays, so they do have that excuse. The reason that I True. will no, they, the they, reason I will roast someone like Mike McCarthy about time management is because what else do you do, bro? They know offenses. You are the CEO. You're not calling plays. Your only job here is like big picture game management, and you screw it up still. At least McVeigh and Shanahan are calling plays. No, I, I, like I said, it's more to keep track of. They they know offenses in like you know that's today's NFL. It seems um, mm-hmm. everyone except the uh, Broncos and the Patriots feel mm-hmm. this way. Yeah. Um, but like, <clears throat> I don't know. That was so funny on Sunday. I know he's got a bunch of. Th- All right, uh, let he's, me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I, I feel I'm, like I've said this just so many times. No, you have. I know you don't this. like Shanahan, and I'm gonna defend Shanahan a little bit here, and I'm gonna make this about Jimmy G. A little bit. Now, I don't think Jimmy G is awful, but I think it's clear that they have hit the ceiling with Jimmy G. And you know what? This is this is actually in some ways it's good for San Francisco because this is the way the Jimmy G era needed to end. It needed to end that ugly in a fourth quarter in a big game that you kind of should have won, but you lost because Jimmy couldn't make the plays and the throws because he's done so much winning and they've done so little winning without him. That it, it, this needed to be the way it had to go for them to finally realize they, it's time to move on from Jimmy G. And Jimmy G will go to Pittsburgh or Denver, and he's going to win a ton of games, and he's going to make them better. Pittsburgh might be in the playoffs again if they get Jimmy G. He's a very competent quarterback. But the Niners are actually in the same position that the Rams just were in. And that is you have the coach, you have the defense, and in general you have the team, and you have a quarterback that's decent – but he's not good enough to get you over the hump to a Super Bowl. So it's kind of funny that these two teams who play each other all the time, they're kind of their biggest rivals, they're in the same division now, are now once again in the exact same position. Now, unfortunately for the Niners, they don't have a lot of options as far as going out and getting anybody, so they're going to have to turn it over to Trey Lance. 
So we'll see if Lance becomes good enough in time for them to be able to take advantage of the window that they have. But on the, on the positive side, that's exactly how the Jimmy G era needed to end in San Francisco. It had to mm. be ugly. It had to be like ripping off the Band-Aid. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have the worst game in the world. That, day. that, fourth, it, quarter that was, fourth quarter was bad. That was bad. What but, was he, 2 of 10 for like but the play call was, 8 yards? The play calls weren't that good. And, I don't know, man. And like, I, I don't know if that was it. I think it just came down to now we know the Rams forced Jimmy G to have to win the game. And Jimmy G oh, I didn't is have, very good when you can disguise him and run the ball. But once it became pin your ears back, Against with with a Rams defensive line that's one of the best pass rushing lines in the NFL. Pin your ears back. We know Jimmy G has to throw. It unraveled ugly and quickly. Yeah, I no. mean he almost threw like two picks. I didn't have faith in him in that final drive at all. No, because um, they already blew it at that point. But like to that to the first three quarters, like he was, he did have that one to Jalen Ramsey that should have been picked, could have been picked. Um, but like, this game was also kind of over with that in, that dropped interception. Yes. Um, when so, they dropped when what when the Niners dropped that pick? Yeah, I know. No, I did feel that way too. Yeah, um, that was that was huge. That was like, yo, this. So it was sort of the opposite of everything that happened, sort of like in the Rams Bucks game. Whereas like, even though things were melting down around the Rams. When the time came, and it was Stafford, but when the time came where you had an opportunity to make the big play to turn the tide, they did it. The Niners dropped the pick. Yes. <clears throat> and, you know, that's part of the difference of the Niners and Rams. Rams. No, I guess. Like, I mean, I, you, th- I thought the Rams were the better cause, team. Because, I mean, we've talked about how the, the, the 49ers are pretty well built mm-hmm. throughout, mm-hmm. but, like, they don't have the star of like a Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donalds and a uh, Cooper Cup. A, no, they just don't. They don't have. Debo's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah they, Debo is. But I agree with you because when you and think about it, Kittle, this, but the Rams have, I would say, what two or great options on offense, and Vance Jefferson is a very good number three wide receiver. I think going into and the season, they have a they very really and they have options. a very good running back in Cam Akers. The Niners kind of Henderson too. The Niners had the Niners kind of have two elite weapons on offense, and that's it. Ayuk is good. Ayuk is good, but I think it, I think thing. Vance Jefferson's better than Ayuk. You're, you're talking OBJ. Yeah, they had Robert Woods. No, I know he's not an OBJ. That's still really good. Oh, it is. Really good. It is. And they still have... The other thing, too, with the... Henderson, nine, uh, who's also out. Here's the other thing, too, with the difference in the weapons. The Rams have the weapons to take the top off the defense. The Niners don't, exactly. Now, Debo is a explosive playmaker, but he doesn't strike you as someone who's going to run a wicked fast go route and burn, burn your corners. The same way that Vance Jefferson can and OBJ can. And I mean, even Cooper Cup can, I even mean, though he's a more of a possession guy. I mean, Debo kind of can. He can. Maybe those aren't quite the fairest because those are some of the fastest dudes in the league. But I'm just saying even even, even the weapons that but they have are a little bit Debo different. Debo had the most yak yards in the league. So you just got to get on the ball. That's true. But how many of I feel like they, stu- they still run him on a lot of short stuff, though, and then he does things after. He's a super physical runner. In they the run with him. They do that, that actually, as well. That, 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 they does do help. that as well. That does help. He actually is very strong. 
Yeah, exactly. All right. I think, I, think, I think we've done as, uh, as much as we can on the Rams Niners. For the next game, Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you to start Woo! this one. Team of Destiny. Because you called it. Yes, baby. Now, I didn't have a lot of faith in the Bengals. <clears throat> like, I, w- I would not have been shocked. I know I picked them, but I would not have been shocked if they lost to the Chiefs. Obviously. But, like, I mean, obviously, I'm the smartest person here. I'm the only person I think in America, other than Boomer Esiason, that picked this team. Uh, I had the Rams in the Super Bowl in the regular season. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I know all about this team. Now, I th- obviously, I, I feel like I deserve all the credit here, too, as to why they're in the Super Bowl. I went to Cincinnati this year. I looked at the stadium. I criticized it. I drove by it. Um, I forgot we were in Cincy. Yeah, that's right. And I also was one of the only people that said they would finish in front of the Steelers, and they did. That's not... I didn't mean division title, but, like, obviously I saw something. And um, it went in that, you know, that draft I missed, that fantasy draft I missed, mm-hmm. um, This the team just kept picking Bengals players. I got Mixon, I got Burrow, I got Jamar Chase, and then I personally picked Tyler Boyd for the third straight year. So, obviously, I am just... The, the thing driving this Bengals team <laughs> other than their kicker with balls of steel and Joe Burr Joe Money because I mean Joe Burrow <laughs> might be the coolest guy in the league right now this guy I don't want to say single handedly because Jamar Chase and obviously T Higgins are really good and stuff like that and Joe Mixon's <laughs> a good back but like I don't know I can't think of another quarterback in this league other than Tom Brady who could be doing this right now the Bengals should not. You you you're, you could have lost to the Raiders. I expected you to beat the Raiders. You should have lost to the number one seeded Titans. You should have lost to the number two seeded Chiefs. I know I picked you, but you should have lost on Sunday. You were down eighteen points. You they went Chiefs went three for three against you in drives, and then they never did another thing again. This team just believes in themselves. And I think that's really their biggest asset. They just can't they just can't believe in the fact that they could lose. And I think that's all it takes. They know they are talented, so they have the that why not us mentality. And it's totally working. <laughs> oh, you could see it because man, KC got tight in that second half. Yeah. They you could see it on their faces on the sidelines even. They got tight. And the Bengals were just loose. Yeah. I mean, even they, before it was really going off the rails, even very early well, even in, I, in the in the second half, you could see it. I will say they did cut to Joe Burrow a lot on the sideline when the Chiefs were driving to tie, possibly win, and when they, that first drive in overtime. And he looked... Well, not as cool. Well, yeah. I mean, but you know, I but when you but I understand when you're not, why exactly, and when you're not on the field, so you no longer have Actually, any control. That's different. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, like I would be petrified too. And I do have a tweet that I, that I screenshotted. So, in going into overtime, this is the coin toss, and so much was made in the past week because of the Chiefs' last game. And when the Chiefs won the coin toss, I have a screenshot of Josh Allen tweeting pain. <laughs> That's great. Right when they won. However, I don't want to hear it. They made a stop. They made the stop, unlike the Bills. Yes. And also, I mean, they, the Chiefs did still march downfield to tie, 
But they nutted up at the goal line. Mm-hmm. You were they were about to lose. The Chiefs the Chiefs felt it, but they did not give in. No. And that asshole Eli Apple <laughs> made a couple plays. People were crapping on him so hard in that first quarter, but he nutted up. So I love this team. I know you do. Who I, 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 Before I get, I, I have a broader picture of the Mahomes thing. I, I do want to touch on this. What the heck was that by Patrick at the end of the first half? I uh, got. I've gone into two different conversations now with people who or. or tried to put any blame on Andy Reid for that. I put zero blame on Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, you have been to two Super Bowls. You have been in this league for multiple years now. I should be able to trust that I can put the ball in your hands, go for the knockout punch, but you will make the correct decision to make sure we still come up with points. All Patrick had to do when it wasn't there was plant his feet and chuck the ball out the back of the end zone. You still have three seconds left and you kick the field goal. But instead, he throws the ball in the flat. When you have no timeouts in that little of a time, every pass has to go into the end zone. It either goes into the end zone or it goes out the back of the end zone. Throw it away and take the points. 100% that's on Patrick Mahomes. I don't blame Reed because I get it. I'd go for the knockout punch, too. I want to end this game as quick as possible. So what, what what's your position on that? Okay. So I just looked up the thing, like the whole – I have the whole play, every single play in front of me. Okay. Now, the final three sequences, I guess you, if you want to call it, from that half was they used – was Cincy used their first timeout with nine seconds left. Mm-hmm. So then it was – uh, first and goal at Cincinnati's one. First and goal, and it was a shot, incomplete pass, uh, and it took four seconds off the clock. So you have five seconds left, second down and goal. Is it the knockout punch if you get a touchdown? Yes. Almost yes. Um, that's just extremely hard to come back from, and it probably would have been. Uh, could the bang- Would the Bengals have given up? No. Because they're the Cincinnati Bengals. Whatever that means. Because um, of Joe Money. But three points would have been massive right there. It would have. But and this, I obviously hindsight is 2020. But it's not about hindsight to me. Even with that much time, five seconds left, it still doesn't take an entire five seconds to run a play from the one as long as you're throwing. Patrick, look at your two options right there. If they are not there, chuck it out the back of the end zone. It's not that hard. I don't know, man. There was still time left on the clock when he hit the Isn't guy it? in the flat. You, I don't, I don't know what they talked about before that play because Andy Reid did like to say, like, oh, I like to give my players, um, like, I like to like let them do their thing. Yes. Um. So I, obviously, I feel Patrick Mahomes like we can do this. Now, did they? Did he say that? Like, let me, let me go and get him in the <clears> touchdown <throat> no matter what. Um, I would hope to think Andy Reid even said, or who, offensive coordinator, whoever's talking, like, this last play, this five second, first read or out. If it's yes, not, that's if what it needed to be. If it's not there, toss it. Listen, and maybe Andy Reid's to clarify and say that, but how do we know that Patrick didn't hear it and just did ignore it? Because Patrick is such a, like, a, he's loose. He's He's very, what's it called? I can't think of the word. When you do things off script, though. He improvises a lot. Yes. That's his game. 
So I find it hard to believe that Andy didn't at least mention that to him. And in, even if Andy doesn't, Patrick has been in this league too long to not know the game situation. I don't know. I don't. 100%, I'm not, I'm 100, not. 100% on Patrick Mahomes. That play is, and a lot of this game to me is, especially the second half. So, uh, I mean, when so I obviously thought KC would win this game, but I've had my doubts with Kansas City all season. I didn't have them going to the Super Bowl. It's just when they somehow got the Cincinnati Bengals and the AFC Championship, I thought, well, the roster's too good, so they'll lose. But this does bring up the issues with Mahomes that no one wanted to talk about before, and that is he can be super inconsistent, he loses his mechanics, and him and this team can just be hot and cold. They're a roller coaster sometimes, especially this year, and that all reared its ugly head at the worst possible time in that AFC Championship game. And it even goes further, now that you have Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen all in the AFC, I don't think Mahomes is head and shoulders above anybody else in the AFC anymore. I think he's coming right back to the pack. Now, at his best, is he probably still the best? Yes. But his game clearly shows that he will have a lot of dips and values. And because of that, I think he's he's right there with everybody else. Well, you know, the other elite AFC quarterbacks, the Burrows, the Herberts, the Josh Allens. So... You know, we all wanted to paint KC as the next dynasty, and Mahomes is he's going to challenge Brady. He's the only one who can. Today, you wake up, KC, you got two elite weapons on offense, and your quarterback is about the same as Burrow, Allen, and Herbert. I think that's KC's reality now. I mean, actually, I, I, I saw this clip the other day. I don't really, uh, I mean, I don't watch that much of like ESPN or Fox and all these other shows about analysts because a lot of them are going to say the same thing. I'll usually just watch the after game stuff and kind of that's it. But I watched, I saw this clip from uh, Colin. It was just a clip from The Herd. Um, he was talking about Patrick Mahomes and he was actually reading over his uh, his draft thing. Yes. Yeah. Which and, I knew about because I watched Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. Yeah, and it's all like how he can get a little reckless. Mm-hmm. He can believe in himself a little too much. Think he can do Decision t- making sometimes goes yeah. out the window randomly. Yeah. He'll just try to just try to do too much out there. Mm-hmm. And and uh, mechanically he's just he's he's not a repeatable delivery. Yeah, and he and that's all true. Yes. It's all true. And he is such a I mean he's he's such a talent out there. He's so athletic. And that's part of his problem. He knows it. He knows he's so athletic. He knows he can throw it so far and so hard and just so accurately. And sometimes he can't. He thinks he can fit it into a hole that no, he can't. Mm-hmm. He thinks he can force something that he can't. He thinks I can make that. He goes big play hunting too much. Yes. He thinks he doesn't stay within the rhythm of the offense and the rhythm even of the bigger picture of the game. Yeah, and so although I do give Andy Reid credit about sometimes just letting your players, because they're the ones on the field, they're the ones seeing the game, letting them improvise sometimes, you know, especially with your quarterback, but not reining this in more. He's, I think he's going to have to this offseason. Yeah, and like he's, it's happened a couple times, and it's like, it's 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 just like an up and down thing. With most players in pro sports, they have to adjust, teams will then adjust back, and then you adjust again. 
And it's happened a couple times. There's been a couple of games, and the first playoff game Casey played, I feel like you could see it. Casey almost got very boring. Yeah. And it was especially, it was after that, when they got trounced by, I think it was Tennessee. I think it was the game. The next week, or maybe it was two weeks later when they played, they got super boring. But that's exactly what they needed to do to ring Mahomes back in, get that reset, and just be efficient. Yeah. And that's what they just don't do enough. They're just not efficient enough. Yeah, because, like, I mean, they always... They want to make a highlight, it seems. Exactly. They want... They want to do these little tricks and all like they love to do these little movements and all this stuff to disguise it like on the goal line all this pizzazz mm-hmm. but like you're getting too caught up into it sometimes yep. mm-hmm. I agree just all play right. the game alright so we're going to take a quick break now before we preview the Super Bowl and then get into some Josh McDaniels and Sean Payton maybe some of the other NFL head coaching hires so stick with us guys we're going to take a quick break Back to slow your roll, guys. We are getting ready to do the last half of this show. Did all the conference championship games. Now we're going to talk about the Super Bowl real quick. We're going to have a second show, though, before the Super Bowl. So we're going to have more time to even go into the Super Bowl stuff. We might be a little quicker on this one uh, than we will right before, the week before the game. We're going to go more in depth. But I'm going with the Rams, of course, because I've gone with them all year. And I don't think... Hey, listen, I haven't picked against Joe Burrow the entire playoffs. I picked him to win the first round. Ironically, the round that you picked against him. I mean, you picked the Titans and... No, no, no. I picked Burrow to beat the Raiders. You picked the Raiders to beat oh, I the did. Bengals. I did. For no, yeah. other, no other reason than, like, I just felt it. No, I know. Um, but I'm going to go against Burrow again. I, I don't see the Bengals offensive line being able to hold up against the Rams D-line. It's one of the best in football. Uh, I mean, the Titans were able to tee off on Burrow. I don't see how that's going to be any better playing the Rams. They're not going to be able to run the ball on the Rams. Aaron Donald's rough. Um, you want to get your you want to get your phone out and do video? You probably should. Give me a minute. Right. You, you and your prediction. Do your thing. And, and I, I just... I don't listen. I'm not going to call for a blowout again, but I also think Casey largely lost that game. I don't unless the Rams implode just like Casey does. I I don't. I just don't see it. Uh, the Rams can match Cincy's perimeter weapons with OBJ, Vance Jefferson, and Cooper Cup to the Cincy's Boyd, Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Uh, I like the Rams' run game better, obviously, because I like their O line more. I like the Rams' secondary far more. I don't think. There's a spot on the field that the Rams aren't better than Cincinnati. Not a single unit, not a single position. I think the they're wide part. receiver depth. I would take OBJ, Cooper Cup, and Vance Jefferson over Cincy's. By a hair. 
Those are the two units that right. are probably a wash. They're probably the same. I take Cooper Cup over Jamar. Okay. I would take OBJ over um, T. Higgins. And but I would take Tyler Boyd over Vance Jefferson. I feel. I don't know. I think that's a wash. I think I think I I don't have the uh, whatever on that. That's the one position I think they're even at though. Everywhere else, Rams have more experience. Rams have been here before. Stafford's a veteran. That whole week before sometimes makes a big difference if you talk to players, especially who are playing in their first Super Bowl, all the distractions that come with it. I would think since he had would have a better chance if this game was a week later. But that week in between I, I trust the Rams and their experience more also. Okay. Despite the fact that I just think X's and O's they're a better football team. Okay. Me? Okay. Yes. Hey. Jack right. video? Listen. Listen, Ayn Rand, Battering Ram, LA Rams, it doesn't matter. Cincinnati Rams, uh, Cincinnati Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, Super Bowl 56 champions. I love how you put the glasses on just for this. Uh, you know why? That's because uh, Joe Burr, Joe Cool, Super Bowl Joe, Joe Money, Joe Money, he's your Super Bowl MVP. You, you just can't bet against this guy. I mean, how can you? He's just the coolest guy on earth right now. Just absolute. I can't say it. I'm not going to say it. Uh, it's inappropriate. We're willing to swear on the show, but I'm not willing to say what I thought. Um, he's just so cool, and I, I just can't bet against this man right now. You can say mofo. I'm sure. He's cool. That's not what I was thinking at all, though. Oh, okay. He's the coolest mofo right now. Like, how can you bet against this guy? How can you bet against this guy? There's a million reasons. Obviously, the Rams have been here before. They are more talented on both sides of the ball. But I will not bet against Destiny. Like I said, I saw the stadium. I went to a Reds game. I was I drove through Cincinnati. There was traffic. Um, so it was a beautiful city. So obviously they're gonna win. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because you're going. I mean, I called the Braves the team of Destiny. So now you're you're doing what I did. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Do, is it really logical to pick them? No. So. Are you? Is there a single thing I said that you actually disagree with, other than the conclusion of the Rams winning? This is the NFL, in any given Sunday, and the Bengals shouldn't be here. Listen, it's all—it's really going to come down to the fact, like, if you look on paper, yes, the Rams should win and tape, <laughs> but that's not what we've seen this season. That's, that's just fair. not. That's fair. That's just not. It's just not how this NFL is run right now. That's oh, not yeah. how the NFL script writers want it. And would Matt Stafford be a great story? Yes. Would it be a great story elsewhere? Nobody cares about the Rams except Dom. You're the only fan. That's it. No one. That was a 49ers home game. It really was. When they did the sweeping crowd shot, and it was red everywhere. Red. That was that was rough. Rams don't deserve this. Their fan base doesn't, at least. Cincinnati does. All right. Cool. I like that. All right. Get get your video fired up for the next one, too, because I want you starting this segment. Let's go. You want... Why do you want your video for Josh McDaniels? I'm sure you're going to have something to say. I don't have that much to say, to be honest. No, 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 no. Save it, then. We'll, we'll, keep it. we'll keep it for you and your Darwin Award, because you're you're doing the Darwin this okay. week. Oh, sure. But, right. like, for Josh McDaniels, like, am I surprised? Because, actually, he seemed to be quelling the rumors at the start of this, and uh, he, he seemed to deny any anything that came up, and he said he loved New England, and 
So this game is a little bit of a shock to me. And I've trashed him a little bit the past couple years. I feel like his play calling has gone stale and stuff like that. But at the same time, he's been here for so long. And anytime there's change like this, I'm always worried about the offense. Because who's going to come in and raise our little Mac? He's got to become a man. And I don't, I don't know who can do that. Josh McDaniels, like, they were so close. And, like, I thought they were friends. And, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm scared, man. I'm scared for this offense. You don't like change, do you? I, it depends on the change. Like, sometimes I'm glad to see people go. Sometimes it's time. And did I say he's a little washed up at the play calling and it's time for him to go? Yes. But I want to know the replacement beforehand. But I know that really never happens. And Bill has great connections. I'm sure Bill will figure it out. Just don't call fucking... Sorry, so excuse me. So don't call what's his name. Bill O'Brien? Yeah, Bill. Oh, I do not want Bill O'Brien. I do not. I watched him in Alabama this year in big games. He was so unimaginative. They've had way better OCs the past couple of years. I don't. Think, I hate... I've talked about this on the show, I think, a few times, but we don't talk a ton of college football. I hate Steve Sarkeesian. I don't <laughs> think he's a good coach. And yet... He's the Texas head coach now. He was the OCs for Bama last year. And yet, I still think he's a good OC, and his offense was way better than what Bill O'Brien was doing this year. He was coasting on talent. They're not mm -hmm. that imaginative. I don't want O'Brien in the NFL again. I don't want him on the Pats as an offensive court. He NFL. Go ruin someone down. Well, stuff. he can be a head coach again because he was fine as a head coach until he got GM power. Then, then He was not fine as a head coach. I think he was fine. Um, and then things went off the rails when he got too much power. I don't want him as an offensive coordinator, though. From what I saw at Alabama, I, no. Get him out of here. Nothing to do with it. Alright. I don't have much more. I... So here's the Josh McDaniels thing. The Raiders, Vegas is a good job. It's not a great job. I don't know if I'm shocked or not that he took the job because it is good enough that I can see why you'd take it. But, man, it's a rough division. You got to go through Herbert and Mahomes. What happens if Denver actually does get Aaron Rodgers? It's rough. Now, they do have $21 million in, in cap still, though. They're, they, they got that much cap room still. And you have a good quarterback in Derek Carr. So I do get it. But man, I, I don't know how, I don't really have any predictions on how this is going to go. Because it's it's a rough division he's walking into. Maybe Brandon Staley will mess things up again, though, for the Chargers, because they should have fired him. Uh, Josh McDaniels, I wish you the best personally. However, professionally, I wish you the worst. <laughs> and I hope you'll come back. I hope you come back. Unless, like, everything clicks, in which case, good riddance, mm. and then good luck. All right. Then you, Moving on. Then you can win games. Moving on to another coach that is, another coach that has been at his spot for a while and is now gone, this time in retirement, Sean Payton. And I think a little surprising, I think some people might have known, but I don't think it was, I don't think people, especially national media, really knew that he would retire. But Sean Payton is out as the Saints head coach. Um, the speculation about if he'll go back in the coaching. I don't think he's going to go back in the coaching. I think it's been too long at the same place. Uh, I think he can go in the TV. He's made his money. Um, and I think they have had some of the worst luck sometimes and some of the hardest losses I have ever seen in playoff games. I think that probably expedited his exit by a couple of more years. Sean Payton exits the Saints also at the perfect time. They're $80 million over the cap. 
by far the worst in the league. They have nothing in the quarterback room. Winston's a free agent. Taysom doesn't look like a professional starting quarterback. And you just lost, you know, the Hall of Famer Drew Brees the year before. The Michael Thomas situation is a headache. They're getting he's getting paid over fifteen million a year, and he's not done until twenty twenty five. And he's been an absolute head case the past couple of years. There's some things that I heard when I was living down there, and they don't get reported on the national media as much. I don't know why, because the Saints aren't as big enough market. I also think they're better at keeping things in house. People like Breeze, people like Sean Payton. There was talk that Payton had wanted to move on from Michael Thomas and Mickey Loomis, and them didn't, and they gave him the contract. There was talk that Sean Payton never bought into Taysom Hill the same way the fan base loved Taysom Hill and the ownership did, and he wanted a more thorough quarterback search. There were some things also behind closed doors that were a headache and a distraction to Peyton. The Drew Brees comments that he made, was that two years ago now? Caused a pretty pretty big rift in the locker room for a little while that Peyton had to deal with. I think it's been exhausting the past couple of years, and I think Sean Peyton exits at just the right time and this is a really really bad job for anyone who has to take over this job i saw byron leftwich and brian flores are on the table both of them i would not take this job hmm. i mean you hit all the you hit all the, the pieces there there's not much else to say other than um i just love reminding people of uh Remember the time he was suspended for a year because he was paying his players to injure the other players i thought that was the dc that was doing that uh, I, I mean, mean, listen, the head coach it, knows. Yeah. I mean, even if it was the one, he was the one specifically writing those checks or paying them under the table, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you not know? Come on. So, uh, you're right. They did have a lot of bad luck in the playoffs. Um, honestly, they probably should have beat their Rams. and They shouldn't have gone to that Super Bowl. But like, they probably should have beat the Vikings except uh, for that corner. Yeah. Trying to deck the guy instead but, of just make the tackle. And I don't really believe in this that much, but like, <laughs> karma's a bitch, bro. <laughs> I, I I hear you. I hear you. All right, that is it for the Sean Payton thing. Let's go over some of the other NFL new head coaching hires. Um, let's start with Nathaniel Hackett to Denver. I don't like this hire. Uh, he didn't look all that great with the Jags. Um. Uh, did the Packers offense always look that layered and dynamic uh, or did they just have Aaron Rodgers and some great pieces I suspect that Denver making this higher has something to do with them trying to get Aaron Rodgers to come there but if that doesn't happen boy uh, you really could have set yourself back quite a ways especially in that tough division I really don't like that higher do you have any thoughts on the Nathaniel Hackett one before we move on um not much. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't. I can't believe I didn't make this connection. I said this to you yesterday, but like, oh, this could have to do with maybe wanting to get Aaron Rodgers or just Aaron Rodgers coordinating with someone that he wants to work with, maybe possibly. Hmm. Um, and I, I guess if this works out, it could because you know, good for the Brown, Brown Broncos for, I guess, getting that offensive head coach now that people have been saying they needed. Even though we said they kind of should have kept, Fangio. I think they should have kept Fangio. Um, but well, I guess we'll see how this goes. I, th- I mean, I think if you bring in both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, 
I mean, I mean, Hackett's can't do any wrong with that offense, right? It's still a pretty decent offense. It was just kind of missing a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, and then you bring in Adams, and like they have good receivers already. Yeah. So I, I mean, if they if those come too, I mean, I feel like Hackett can't do any wrong at least on the offensive side of the ball because they have a defense already. Mm. So I mean, that's that is kind of it. All right. For the next one, I'm gonna get my soapbox out again for this one. To rant, my megaphone. Matt Eberflus. Mm who's been the defensive coordinator for the Colts for, what, the last four years? Three years, I believe? Goes to the Bears now as the new head coach. Bears. Listen. Oh, Bears. Good for you that that 85 team was amazing. Good for you that that defense was great. Stop living in the past. You gotta move on. You, you just drafted a young rookie quarterback in Justin Fields who looks like he has talent and has a lot of the pieces. Why are you going with a defensive head coach? Look at every coach that was left in the playoffs this year. They were all offensive guys. Times have changed. You guys are old. You think old. The NFL is different. It's not the defense doesn't matter. Clearly it does. The Rams defense is really good. The Niners defense is really good. If anything, the Niners defense is what got them there. I'm not saying defense doesn't matter. But it doesn't win championships the same way it used to. And if you're going to have a young rookie quarterback, you should bring in an offensive coach to get him where he needs to be. Because if you don't have a good quarterback, if you don't have maybe in some people's minds an exceptional quarterback, you're not a Super Bowl contending team at all. I don't get it. Chicago, this is this is what Chicago does, though. They just ruin things like this. And they have no feel for offense and no feel for quarterback. And I feel bad for Justin Fields because I had hyped on him for a while, especially after I watched him against the Steelers. I think the Bears are going to screw it up. Stop living in the past. The 85 Bears, I'm sure, were great. Get over it. Uh, I will disagree a little bit because, I mean, I you know, what does this mean for Justin Fields in that embarrassment of an offense last season? I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think with this move, you have some kind of because you got you you have to have some plan with the offensive coordinator and your offensive personnel next season. Mm. There's got to be something in place. Maybe Ibuflus has his guy because Ibuflus he's Josh McDaniel's guy. Mm. That's why he went to the Colts in the first place. Thank you. And he has a great mind for an offensive coordinator already in play. Maybe this works, but that's I don't see it because. It is strange because everyone is picking offensive, co- former offensive coordinators, yeah. offensive minds as their head coaches nowadays. And most nowadays. people should lean offense. And if you have a rookie, co- well, not a rookie next year, but if you have a young quarterback you're trying to develop, I don't understand why you wouldn't go offense. Yeah, no, I know. I, I have questions about it. Like my, my, the first thing, I mean, everyone's first mind was like, oh, like what is, what does that mean for Justin Fields? But I mean, I, I like Mikey Buffalo's. Like this guy, I like him, but he made that Colts defense great. He did. I uh, I have some stats. He took over the 30th ranked defense, and in one season, he made it the 10th ranked defense. Uh, he took. It was a 28th ranked pass defense in 2017. By 2018, it was number 16. And he he finally gave the Colts a run defense. So I mean, this is just who the Bears kind of are. They, I know it's their culture, but you got to change, man. I. A little bit, and because this is the NFL, this is the modern day NFL. It's all, it's so uh, offensive oriented nowadays. But like, there's still even the offensive players say it. Like, defense still wins championships. And if you can, you can. I feel get by without elite 
offensive pieces if you have an elite defense. You can get by to a certain extent, but man, the Niners folded and they're kind of that. At least not elite at quarterback. I mean, here's the thing. They still have Kittle and, and Debo. And they Ayuk. do. There's, like, it's not the greatest offense I've ever built in the world, but they are a quarterback away from, I think, going from a pretty good to a really good, maybe even great offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, uh, this offense in general, like, the run game is decent with Montgomery. The, the wide receivers are eh. Like, Robinson. He disappeared. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is, I mean, it was Andy Dalton mm-hmm. who was getting swallowed up and Justin Fields who ran for his life a lot. Yeah, their old line is abysmal. Um, One of the worst. And obviously Justin Fields is young. So obviously these wide receivers, there's only so much they can do. But if you're good enough, the wide receiver can make the quarterback better too. And neither of that happened. Mm. So obviously, like, I have questions like, what are you doing, Bears? But I do like Mike Eberflus. So, yeah. I think, I think this team still will get better next year. Okay. I, I think it's not going to work. All right. Quickly, last one. The Giants hiring Brian Dable. I don't get this from Brian Dable's perspective. You're supposed to be the hottest thing on the market. Why would you take this job? The Giants are, to me, maybe the most hopeless team in the NFL. You're stuck on a quarterback. You're one of the worst teams. You don't have a single good unit. And you're $10 million over the cap somehow. At least all these other bad teams usually don't have cap problems. They're $10 million over the cap somehow. I don't get it from Dable. I think he should have, if he didn't see something and get the job he wanted, what's wrong with just staying at Buffalo another year? Like McDaniels has done forever now. So I don't, I don't get why these guys, who clearly are the best guys on the market, it seems, will take these kind of jobs. I just don't see it. Jesse, you have your thoughts on this, so quickly go. I do, uh, and I feel it pretty much all boils down to personal reasons. Because he stayed in New York. Yeah, you moved to a more extravagant part of the state. I won't call it a nicer part of the state. <laughs> um, you, you don't got to go far, so you don't have to go that far from your family. Maybe you even move a little closer to family, depending on how where his family actually is in that state. I don't know. I don't care. Um, maybe they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. I don't know. It could have been a money situation. But I also feel like... This is, he put himself in a situation where, like, yeah, there's better opportunities out there for him to succeed, but he's in a situation where he can't fail. The team can fail, but I don't think he can fail because he always can fall back on the fact that, like, well, that was the Giants. Like, well, come on, like, you gave me nothing. I, well, what could I do? I, I will say the last two coaches have not just failed. They have failed in overly dramatic, <laughs> crazy stories fashion between Ben McAdoo and then Joe Judge. And, I mean, it, it has been... A circus. So I mean, if, so if you succeed, you are maybe the hottest coach in the NFL. You're where Andy Reid is right now, just getting your name held up so high for maybe reasons we don't understand. But if you fail, there's this there's a place to point the finger because this this I mean this offense is crap. It's a mess. It has some pieces that can't stay healthy yeah. but like the, 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 your best pieces are always injured and um, your the franchise as a whole is toxic so I, I that's where I think of a lot of his decision came from would he admit that no mm-hmm. but like I, I feel that can't you can't help but think that way a little bit okay I get you I get you all right get your uh, get your phone ready bro 
Are we not? We, we we're getting ready to wrap this up. We doing Tommy? We're doing Tommy and then the Darwin. Maybe. I mean, you can you can do you can videotape both if you want to videotape both. No, I'm, at I'm least not, videotape the Darwin. So anyway, I'm not going to Tommy. Get us started on our Tommy report. Maybe. This is sad news. We might have to change up this segment now. Maybe, uh, maybe the last. one We're going to have to figure something out. This probably is the last one. It could be. Depends on what he does. <laughs> yes, he is a private guy, so uh, we'll see. But like, you know, there was a report that came out that he retired. And then he was like, wait a minute, no, I didn't. And then he took like two more days and said, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Like, what What do you, what was that? He wanted to do it on his terms. Yes, I get that. He wanted to be in control of the situation. But like, I don't know. I, I still expected more time. And like, I wanted a real goodbye. And like, in this thing, like, I'm not going to read it. It's too long. We don't have the time. And no one wants to hear me read it. And it's, no. it's too long anyway, even if we had the time. But he never mentions the Patriots and stuff <laughs> like that. And I'm wondering, like, what did we do? What did I do? Could I have done something? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't know. It's just, it, you know, on a more serious note, like, it is it is a strange feeling because, like, this has been pretty much my entire NFL life. Tom Brady has been there. I know there was that one year he was injured. but Oh, there was I that, can't remember a time I watched football that it wasn't Tom. Yes. Like, I mean, he played 22 years. I'm 26 years old. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, like, before that, like, oh, there's that joke, Patriots fans are all bandwagons. And, like, they did suck before that. So... Did I, it, me as a three year old, did I care? No, I didn't understand. So, and like, it was immediately, it was just immediately Tom Brady for me, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, an NFL without Tom Brady is, is a strange feeling. And you know what? I'm going to say this. We'll have, we'll have a better send off for him, but he didn't mention the Pats in his original retirement, so I don't feel bad about waiting a week to give him the official heartfelt send out. Because he didn't even mention us. I know. In his retirement. I don't know if it really matters. It just matters if he doesn't mention us in the speech. But I do know how it's landing in New England. And people are well. happy. Dave Portnoy. You got to watch that video. Portnoy's, I'll watch it after. Portnoy's reaction was hilarious. I'll All watch right. it after. Tom, we do appreciate what you did. And uh, this is so surreal. I never have a lot of time to prepare much for this. So I don't have a lot to say. Yeah, the real one came this morning. It, it did. It did. All right. We're going to have to move on to the Darwin Award. Get yeah. It, get it ready. Let's go. This was this was your Darwin. It was going to be Scheffner originally, and then Tom actually retired right before, right before the show. So we had to we had to improvise. So let's All right. go. Drum right. roll. This week's Darwin Award winner is Max Kellerman. Yay, Max Kellerman. Jesse, take it from there. All right, Max. You said this man. What was it like five to six years ago at this point? He said he'll be a bum in short order, a year and a half, or whatever it was, and he kept extending and extending it. Finally, he admitted he was wrong. Loser. He did finally admit he was wrong, which thankfully he did. Yeah, and guess what? It never happened at all. Tom Brady goes out still on top. He gave you a big middle finger. (laughs) I mean, he lost the game, but nobody thought Tom looked. But he didn't suck, and he brought him back. His last touchdown pass... I spit. It was on camera. <laughs> My last touchdown... His last touchdown pass was a bomb to Mike Evans. Beautiful throw over one of the best corners in the league, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he never sucked. He never was a bomb, even though he said he would go till he sucked. Yeah. So he's 45. He goes out the way few in the NFL have ever gone out, and that is still being arguably one of the best in the game at his position. Yes. So, Kellerman, dumb. you took one of the biggest L's of all time in sports journalism, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, just such a long, protracted out L. Yep. <laughs> he beat 
As long as he played at least, he beat Father Time. And he kept assuring us it was going to happen. Yeah, and he, I don't think he left because of skills going away. I think he left because he achieved what he wanted. I think the culture of Tampa Bay after a while was getting on his nerves. I do think watching Big Ben at the end probably had something to do with it as well. Like, uh, let's, right. not, let's not get to that point. Because, I mean, he kind of felt bad oh, for Big Ben sometimes. No, I, I meant like you never want to, you don't want to go out that way. I thought you meant he was so bad he couldn't look at the football again. No, but I meant I meant like he didn't want to be Big Ben. He didn't want to get that. to that point. That was that I was mean, sad. Here's the thing. And Drew Brees looked crappy. I Peyton know. Looked crappy. Drew Brees looked really bad at the end. Peyton won a Super Bowl, but he looked terrible. No, they won a, they won a Super Bowl in he spite of him. He was on a him. Super Bowl wing. Team. I know they won a Super Bowl in spite of him, but. <laughs> Max Kellerman, one of the biggest L's of all time in sports journalism. I've never seen one protracted out so long either. So you win the Darwin Award. Congrats. Congrats. All right. So that has been it for this edition of Slow Your Roll, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Slow Your Roll for videos from the show and the website slowyourroll.com as well for Jesse's articles, mostly when the baseball season is going on and also news, plays of the week, stuff like that. And Uh, Links to all the past shows as well. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a great week. A week without football. No sports this this upcoming week. We We got the Pro Bowl, bro. Oh, oh, yeah, we got the Pro Bowl. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Mac Jones in the Pro Bowl. (laughs) 